Hey you, I'm the Queen of Shade. Welcome to the interview. Don't forget to comment, like, subscribe. Oh, and hit my cash app to support your favorite content creator. Now let's get to the interview. Salutations to foes. This is your fearless leader, the Queen of Shade, coming at you with another presentation. Today, I have someone whom has real, fairly recently come into my life, but they have been an uplifting presence. They have supported me, and I felt that it would be great to have a conversation with this person on camera for you guys, because I feel like just like I learn a lot about him and what he does, you too could benefit from what he does and who he is and his story. So first of all, I want to introduce to you Michael Jeanvier. Yes. Uh, what's going on, y'all? You know what? I'm sorry. I'm trying to still trying to change. Well, you do that. I work on the introduction. Okay. I'm, Michael Jeanvier went to, I missed the, the school. I went to Georgia State University. Okay. Georgia State University. He has a bachelor's in psychology. He has a bachelor's in journalism, and he also has a bachelor's in film and video. Video. So that's three bachelors. So I like to do that. I do that because I want you guys to understand that when I'm off camera, I meet some amazing people. And usually I'm the only one without a degree. <laughs> and I like it that way. So no, Michael, go ahead. Mm -hmm. You're saying something? No, I'm just going to keep it like that. I was trying to change the name on it. But it it looks great. It looks great. You look great. Listen, Michael Fanning and Michael Jean-Vierre are one and the same. I'm a fully actualized and whole person. So yes, that's all I get, part of me. I get that. All right. So first of all, thank you for agreeing to do this so last minute. Like I literally called him like 30 minutes ago. I was like, I want to interview you. So he was so gracious and um, allowed us this to happen. So thank you for allowing that to happen. No, thank you for thinking of me. Definitely. I was um, just, I'm up here in DC chilling, doing some work, making some connections, um, mm -hmm. kicking it with my cousin and stuff like this. So I'm happy to be talking to you. I'm much closer to you now than I am when I'm in Atlanta. Right. So he's in D.C. right now. That's amazing. Are you mm -hmm. in D.C. for the holidays? Will you be for the holidays? Or are you going back? Home? No, I'll actually be going back like tonight to go to Atlanta. Uh, I'm very big about the holidays. Thanksgiving is a huge holiday for me. It's my favorite, actually. So I'm going to be with my family. Do you have a big family? Humongous family. I am the second oldest of seven. Seven? Yes. Lord, have mercy. Perfection. Divine perfection. Seven. Wow. Okay. So that, that, that leads me to my first uh, question. Um, with you living in Atlanta, being from Atlanta, being native to Atlanta, was uh, the University of Georgia, or Georgia, it was your University of Georgia, right? Or was it Georgia State? Georgia State University, yes. Okay. Was that your first choice or did you want to go outside of the state when you decided? Well, actually, it wasn't my first choice. My first choice was actually at New York University because I was very interested in filming video and I don't want to go there. You know, unfortunately, the money wasn't looking right for mm -hmm. the situation. Mm -hmm. So I ended up getting a bit of money from Georgia State, um, deciding to go to them. My, then after that, before I was going to Georgia State, though, I was um, at Morehouse University, Morehouse College. And mm -hmm. I went there for about a year. And um, yeah, they're very expensive. So yeah. <laughs> good out a little bit of Georgia State where I had a much yeah. more of a joint ride. And I loved it. I love Georgia State so much. Really? Wow. Yeah. And you so you to so get all of those degrees, it's how many years did you spend there? Oh, it took me 10 years to get that. I went to school on and off for a decade. I had a lot of stuff that I was trying to do right. and deal with interpersonally, but I was determined not to get those degrees. I was the first person in my family to graduate from college. Right. Okay. So now here's my question because now we're talking to our demographic. Um 10 years. You devoted yeah. 10 years of your life to that. That is so amazing. That, that no matter, like, and you finished. I remember going to school and, you know, my story is different. I had to be medically withdrawn for mental illness. But I remember one of my advisors saying to me that 
if you start college, because I got accepted to four colleges, stay, stay. It doesn't matter what happens. Don't leave. Just keep coming back. That was mm. kind of her um, take on how to graduate. So I, my question to you now, my next question is this, um, and it's pretty informal. Um, I just, I'm curious. So that's why I'm asking questions. So with you going and getting those degrees and taking 10 years, are those degrees at play in your life today? Because so many people today in today's market, yeah, they, they, they're not working with their degrees or at their field. Are they like in your, what do you do for, I guess, what do you do for a job? Absolutely. Um, when it comes to journalism, broadcast journalism and simply writing like the articles, newspapers and stuff like that, community engagement, that's what that comes into play. I work for Control Magazine. Mm-hmm. I work for the Atlanta Voice. I've done some freelance writing for other different publications and stuff, mm-hmm. um, all for journalism. And when it comes to psychology, I actually also am a social, certified social worker in the state of Georgia. Right. So I use like, that when counseling youth um, and helping run a foster care agency. I did that for a while. I was actually a state worker working for a Department of Family and Children's Services as well. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to film and video, I can screenwrite. I can screenwrite very well um filming like the camera and stuff like that those are parts i'm still learning mm-hmm. because growing up i was very very rough with electronics okay. computers laptops computers laptops cell phones great but when it came to particularly cameras and microphones yeah and microwaves i would always <laughs> blow them up so i've been recently learning more and more about the camera aspect because I, I definitely want to do like content creation wow it's not even just you saying I want to do content creating. You're actually doing content creating because you actually we we did an interview together before. So I just want them to understand that you know this is a an African American man whom valued education, sought it out no matter how long it took, and is not only you know degreed up, but he is flourishing using his degrees. He is flourishing doing what? Would you say that you love what you do? I love what I do. Um, the experiences, the places, the events, the people. Yeah, it all works out. Yeah. It definitely works out. I get to do some pretty amazing things. Yes. Okay. So um, some of your, I want you to give us a little bit of your resume. Some of the people that you have worked with and, and, and just you know, doing journalism or something. You don't have to start naming names, but if the, you know, I just want to know a couple of people so they can get an idea because the reason why, okay, the reason why I started doing this is I built this huge platform. Everybody knows me. They also know a lot of the guys that I post. They live for that, but I recently made a move. I left Instagram and I'm doing all of my work through my own website now just to have more control um, and just to kind of identify who's really for me, you know, so um, just, yeah, I did that yesterday. Yesterday was my last post on Instagram. I'm still going to keep the page because I have a blue check. I'm verified and I earned that, but um, I'm just going to go like, it'll be more of a a backdoor thing. It'll be a situation where I keep in touch with people that I want to keep in touch with. You can still DM me there if you want services from me, et cetera, et cetera. But I love to hear that you are doing what you love because this is why I wanted to do these, um, interviews because they are interviews they're conversations actually we go back and forth but um, what'd you say those are the best interviews conversations yes like it's conversation i want i want people to see like humanity you know like i want them to see our humanity sometimes when we work for certain things and we go certain places it's very big business if you understand what i'm saying so there's not really that much time or ability to showcase the person and i'm going to tell them i asked you i called you earlier and i asked for you to do this and i saw that you were in a tank top and i saw that you had tattoos and i like that and i asked you i want you to know he knows how to dress he knows yes, how to dress he does dress often, but I asked him specifically to wear this tank top so that I could see his tattoos as well as him with his hair down. It's it's a different look for him because every time I see him, he's very buttoned up. His hair is up out of his face. I, I requested this because I just, you know, it was also a comfortability level, but I yeah. also wanted to, you know, showcase who this man really is. So and with with that same questioning, you once told me that you um, lost a lot of weight. I did. I did. Um, in my biggest, I was 390 pounds. That was right, about and we eight don't years. see that now. 
right? No, exactly. what, was that journey, what was that journey like? Did you do it on your own? Did you have a trainer? Uh, what, how did you do that? That is probably today the most difficult journey of my life. Mm-hmm. I would definitely say that. Um, originally, I did not have a trainer. Um, I started off losing weight drastically by like kind of working out, doing stuff myself, but I also had an eating disorder. Mm, um, talk about it, talk about it. I'm diagnosed with um, anorexia, anorexia bulimia. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much, you, um, you know, eat a quantity of food and then you purge it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the side effect of it is you lose weight, but you know, it causes a lot of damage to your body in the process. Right. Right. And I, I have BDD, which is body dysmorphia disorder. Like, you know, right. I'm very careful in my process of losing weight. That I don't let myself get too small because I'll still see myself a certain size, even if I'm wow. just a certain size. And so I have to get counseling and stuff for that. Um, I actually do have a sponsor. I'm proud to say I have not purged food in almost two years now. Um, Good. About to have gone through very healthy, very happy with my present size. Um, you know, I have some few things that I'm definitely going to work on. And when I say work on, it's just how I want to look. It's not for anybody else. It's for myself. I'm curious. I'm curious. Yeah. The loss, the loss, the loss of weight. Was that your idea or did someone try to place that on you? It was. You like I'm like, it, what I'm trying to say is because you, you work with Hollywood celebrities and stuff like that. Well, I'm just asking if it was your choice or did Hollywood say mm, you would get more work if you did this? Honestly, it was a bit of both. Originally, yes. it was Hollywood telling me that you need to, and it would say verbatim, you know, you could go so far if you were just like this size, if you looked like this, or, you know, we think you totally qualify to do this, but we want somebody who is eye candy. And yes. I got over so many times for different opportunities that I know would have changed my life revolutionary, simply because I didn't look a certain way, or I didn't fit inside of a certain box. And so with me, you know, like I was saying, at first I started off like doing it by myself. I got anorexia, um, bulimia, and then I stopped. Um, I started gaining weight again. Um, then I found myself in a personal training, working out with some friends, got down again and was doing really well. Then I had a personal setback with my grandmother passing and then my aunt passed. Right. And with grief, coping, eating, I ballooned back up and picked up the weight. So I called myself trying to knock some more weight down again. And I actually, um, beginning of last year, 2020, mm-hmm. I started working out really hard. So I started losing weight right. again. But then what hit? COVID. Right. Shut down, can't leave the house. All you got to do is snack and munch on stuff. And the average right. person gets 25 pounds mm-hmm. from where my mother is. I gained 40. Mm-hmm. I gained and 20. 40 I gained. on top of after that. Like, um, I still wasn't working out. Mm-hmm. Um, it blew me up to about 270. Mm-hmm. And so last year, almost a year now in December, I started working out. I got a nutritionist. Um, I had a personal trainer for about a month, but I had a problem with how he was trying to make me look mm-hmm. as opposed to how I wanted to look. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to do it myself again. And since then, I've lost it's 80 pounds now. I'm 190 pounds. Mm, okay. And this is the I've ever been in my adult life. Wow. You know, like I just, as you were saying that, my heart just really got full because people don't understand. And I'm not going to stay there. We're going to make this a good interview. We're not going to make this a crying, broken shame. It's a, it's a good one either way. Sometimes we Yeah, it's just, no, it's just that, you know, I just... I just feel that sometimes, a lot of times, people do not know the damage that we do to each other, especially in positions of power to someone coming in. Because I heard, I like we've spoken, I did an interview with you. Um, when I first started modeling, it was, oh, you have a great look, but you're not what we're looking for. And I believed that it, a lot of it had to do with my effeminacy, my flamboyance. And I would go slipping and sliding all around, you know, New York City in January. I'll never forget that back in 2006 and 2005 and 2004, um, trying to go to casting directors. And they're like, well, there's something about you, but you're just not what we're looking for. And I remember finally at someone at Boss Model Management, and I'm saying their name because I'm crediting them, um, their creative director pulled me out of a line of young Black models. And he set me down while all the other models are looking like, what's going on here? And he said, he said to me, you know, you have a beautiful look. Um, you would, you could be a beautiful model. He said, but you're not going to make it here in New York. 
And that was like, that was the hardest thing that I had to deal with. But what I like is that he didn't just stop it there. Everybody else did. He actually said, no, you have talent and I can see it. He said, you need to go to Paris. You need to go to France and, you know, make your bones there. And literally that was January. By August, I was on a plane to to France. Yeah, because... Yeah, I just, I left because it was, and I was there for six months and I started to make quite a number of connections, connections that I still have to this day so that when I return, I'm not a poor little sparrow there by myself. But the reason why I'm saying this is because I know so many people in our industry, because even journalism, when it bisects entertainment, because people want you to talk to, they want you to to talk to the celebrities, they want you to talk to people of importance, people, you know, that are relevant and things like that. So it bisects that world. And it just, it really bothers me that someone who, like in my case, someone who doesn't sing wants to hold my life in their hand and tell me how I should sing or how I should look or how I should be. And quite frankly, I have had this iron will to control my own narrative. So like, even with this move, like everybody, there were people congratulating me with my move from Instagram to thequeenofshade.com, but there were others like, oh my God, no, this is your biggest platform and da, 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 da. And I'm like, yes, it is. But if you love me, love what I do, you're going to come looking for me. I just don't like other people writing our narratives. I agree. I agree. Okay. I don't like people putting me inside the box me what I can yeah. and can't, what I can and can't be, where I can and can't go. Yeah. Um, anybody who knows me knows that I am very defiant and the worst, the most, the best thing you can do to me and the worst thing you can do to me is push me into a wall. Mm. Mm. Because I find some power somewhere in me to fight back, out fight mm. you, excel past you and never see you again. Right. Right. And you know what that is? A lot of us have learned to do that because we had to do that. You know, I get like even now, um, I was so honored when you asked me to do an interview with you because, you know, I have been following you for a little while and I saw you talking to Vivica Fox, (laughs) you know, so I'm like, what the hell does this man talking to Vivica Fox want to do with this little internet queen? But when I approached you, because I said exactly that, and you were like, ah, it's not about Vivica Fox. It's not about that. It's about the story. It's about getting the story. It's about understanding you. And that has no respecter of person. It made me feel feel like that's why when I thought about you know doing interviews you were right at the top of my list this is the second interview I've done you are at number two because I just yes I had to do that. oh why am I getting emotional <sighs> wow hold on it's just because you know people they say such horrible things and they don't know how they affect other people and then when you like like you you turn around and do it your own and that I know that couldn't have been easy knowing my story I know it couldn't have been easy every single day working out and in those initial days not seeing any change I know that 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 weighs on your mental health like that weighs on your mental health um can you talk about what kept you going through that like what motivated you like through that process because clearly we can see that you're not 300 pounds so what motivated you and not just motivated you you said you had you had moments I'm not going to call them relapses you had moments where you kind of had a respite I'll call it a respite and then you got back on the horse like what motivated you and how did you your staying power what was it that that kept you saying no, I'm going to do this. I don't care how hard it takes, how long it takes. I got to do this for me. For me, it's uh, it was a, I realized it was a bigger picture. I mm. said, this is going to keep happening, not just to myself, but to so many other people that somebody has to change it. And I think I was watching Pose one day and I heard the character Angel. Uh, she's played by India Moore. And right. she said, I'm worthy of more and I'm deserving of better. Right. I believe that I internalized that. I said, I am worthy more. I'm deserving of better than the character. In a later episode, she said, the world don't change. People change it. Yeah. And I agree with that too. And I said, what I need to do is, I said, I've got to change myself outwardly. Keep who I am on the inside intact. Change myself outwardly so that I can get through that door, reach back through, and pull somebody in who otherwise wouldn't have the opportunity because they'll say, oh, he doesn't look like this. She doesn't sound like that. She doesn't fit this norm, doesn't fit that norm. 
I want a world that's outside the box. And the only way that I can do that is to attain the power to recreate the world as the way I, the way I need, the way it needs to be created. Right. I really want to see a world where people are given opportunity based on their talent and not what their physical appearance is. Right. Yes, let, let's check out what we think we know. Okay, well, this is what people like and this is what people like and this is what people don't like. But people, there are a whole other group of people that do like this. Yeah. What about those people? Yeah. Who's catering to them? There's right. not a single person on this planet who doesn't benefit from positive reinforcement of seeing themselves in certain places and spaces and situations. Right. And benefit from them overall. I totally agree with you because, you know, this didn't make sense to the church and to my family and all, but it was what I needed to do. It was who I needed to see myself as. This was a person, you know, some people say, oh, I remember when I first got started with my music um, back in 2013 and I was, um, I was talking, I had been put in contact with a record executive. I knew several over my career. I had an A&R and everything. And I remember getting in touch with this one person that they put me in touch with to kind of give me pointers. And I remember what he said, like, no, the, the flamboyance, the, the dramatics, it's got to go. Like, you can't dress like that. You got to wear a suit, like you wear a tie and a suit. And it is, that was so far away from what I wanted to be that I walked away from the deal. I always walked away from the deals and they always said I was crazy and I was stupid, but um, I like to also control my own narrative, A, and I like to be my own boss, B. Um, and clearly, you know, I like, I pull in 70 million views a year on Instagram alone. Um, clearly I knew what was best for me. You clearly you know? did. You, you know, and like, yeah, good. and the fact that it just keeps happening. I was having a conversation with someone last night and I was listening to them and how someone else is always trying to tell us how to live our lives. And I'm going to ask you a question. It's probably going to throw you off, but are you happy? Are you I happy now that, you've done, now that you've done all that you've done? Are you happy with you? I am happy with myself. And this is the first time in my life I've been happy with myself and to be myself and to love myself because right. I if I knew this before, I did. Right. From 2020 back all the way to 1984, right. there was always a doubt in my mind of who I am and what I should be. And I think the greatest regret in my life is that I look to other people for a validation. Mm, we all did. That is the greatest regret of my life. We all did. But your life's not over. Your life's not over. Your life's not over. Your life is far from over. I do recognize that. Yeah. I think I'm finally breathing. I think the second greatest regret of my life mm -hmm. was um, putting romantic love on this pedestal of being like, if somebody else is in love with me and I have this relationship, then that means that that validates me and that other people accept me too because like now I'm normal. Somebody else wants me, so you're going to want me too. That was absolutely crazy. I had to realize that number one, God is love. Yeah. That's the first thing. The second thing is no form of love is greater than the other form of love. Right. Love of family. Of friends, love of work, love of children, it all adds up. And yeah, it's the love of self. Mm -hmm. Love of self. All of that. And it sustains you. Yeah. It's a, you know so what's I, so after that. You know what's so crazy? You took the next statement out of my mouth. Um, are you involved or do you find it difficult? Not just with the, like with your mindset, with your mindset, mm -hmm. because clearly um, I have this new thing where I, I talk to people and I pick them because they're progressive thinkers. Like you okay. said, you're out of the box. It's not cookie cutter. It's not. So I'm going to ask you, um, being a progressive person, is it hard for you to date? It's very hard for me today. Mm -hmm. A lot of time, my progressiveness and my sense of morality, like I tell mm -hmm. people, morality is not mean I'm conservative. It means right. that these are the rules of my life that right. I'm abiding. And right. if you're part of my life, you can agree with them or you can leave. That's what my morality right. is. Um, right. I do find it hard today. A lot of people, I have a strong personality. Mm -hmm. um, some people tell me that I can be intimidating because of they've seen me do this or they've seen this or they've heard this. They don't know the story, but um, once they get to know me, um, they'll say I'm kind of aggressive. I'm kind mm -hmm. of in your face. And what I tell people is I'm very good about asserting myself. Right. How I think, I feel, or what I feel like you should know, I'm going to find a tactful way to tell you, first mm -hmm. of all. And if I can't, I'm still going to get my point across. You might not right. like it, but I'm going to get my point across. I have to be heard. Right. I've been silenced for so long, I'm not going to have that happen to me ever again. I'm not going to get pushed to the back. Right. Either I'm face or I'm not a part of the project at all. Right. 
So would you say that that attitude, does it help you land jobs and get to do what you want to do? Like, the, do they like, yeah, it? like, does the world, I'm asking, does the world around you love your approach? Like, do they like your approach? Oh, let me tell you, what's funny is the only time my approach doesn't work is like I said, with dating. Mm, okay. My life, I flourish mm-hmm. with the, of being my of being strong, of being, okay, this is who I am, this is how it is. Here's my opinion of what we need to do. Let's mm-hmm. come up with a strategy. Um, dating is different because it requires you to, to a degree, kind of break yourself a little bit down mm-hmm. to compromise and kind of meet the person where they are, if you want to be with that particular person. Right. But I found that dating, especially in 2021, is has become a culture of aloofness, of the new cool is to look like I don't care. And that when you do the very basic, people are so used to the bare minimum that the basics feel like excess. So me calling to set up a date or me calling to check to see how your day was or me you know, planning an event for us or whatnot. Oh, you're doing too much. Mm. Oh, I'm not ready for that. Oh, no, this, um, that, um, I'm sorry. I can only be myself. Right. Effort to me looks like consistency. Effort looks to me like confirming, saying, and showing you that mm. I'm into you. And if you aren't allowing me to do that, then you aren't getting the best version of me. And I'm only going to be the best version of me. So perhaps I need to vacate trying to get to know you. Mm-hmm. You know, dating is very hard for me too. And it's not, it's not this that does it. I have what you call an entrepreneurial mindset. I'm not a consumer anymore. And that mm. took many, many years. Yes, that took many, many years to cultivate that mentality. It's that I don't look at when, when, the, when the world runs out for a sale, I'm looking at who sold it, the wholesale price. What can I get at wholesale? I'm not running in the store and, and going into frenzy and fighting over the last this or the last that. So I also look at it as being, um, like I said, with an entrepreneurial uh, mindset, I'm an asset to everyone that is in my life. And I bring that with me everywhere I go. And also the flip side of that is I don't have liabilities in my life. I cut very quickly because like, you know, this, this is why you interviewed me. My job requires 1000% of my focus and I can't be focused running behind some knucklehead. So dating for me is non-existent. I've been celibate for nine years. That does not mean that I am waiting to, yes, it, August made it nine years. That does not mean that I am waiting on love or waiting on romance. I am very much a free spirit. If I'll put it that way. I'm a free spirit. Um, I like like to meet different men, multiple men, like regularly. Like I like to be in the company of beautiful men. Um, but I do not want to align myself with a man, whether it is for the evening or for something longer and have to explain why I am the way that I am, why I'm yeah. running, why I'm running off to do this or why I'm in my phone monitoring that. I just I don't do it. So, you know, my friends joke and they tell me all the time, oh, you're going to have a harem. They'll be there whenever you want them. And I'm just like, you know, the idea, they don't even know they gave me an idea. I was like, hmm. But I find that, you know, dating and being progressive and a forward thinker and also someone who earns and is on par to earn a lot, these mentalities out here just are not... um, conducive. So now my next question to you is, um, what would be one of your dream projects? Like what, what would be, you know, cause we all have something we wanted. The queen of shade was mine is why I'm saying it. She was mine and it was hard to get her here, but we got her here. So I want to ask you, what is like, what is one of your dream projects that you work on when nobody's looking that you are into when you have every, like a spare moment, something that you may feel all oh, the world may not be ready for. And there may even be some insecurity surrounding it, but you find yourself doing it. It could be a hobby at this moment because this was a hobby and then it just grew. So like, what is one thing that you do in your spare time that just makes you live, like it gives you life? It's so funny you said that um, because it's actually two different things. Mm-hmm. Um, the first is creating um, a comic book website that's, that shows everything from like a Black perspective. Ooh, like nice. for me, I'm I'm what you call an alternative black boy. And when right. I say alternative black boy, which means like I don't fit into a box. Right. I'm the boy who likes the comics, the superheroes, the right. aliens, 
science, the space. I like all of that. Right. So I have a safe space where I'll turn to black boy because I constantly tell people our community, and I'm just mean, I don't mean like LGBT, perhaps. Right. I mean like black people in general. We right. need doctors, lawyers, politicians, judges. Right. Um, people need to be able to change the system all the way through. Right. But I don't think there's a safe space still for guys who are yeah. into like alternative stuff that you don't think the regular black boys into. And right. so I'm creating a safe space for that via my website where I'm going to talk about it. Um, sci-fi stuff and comic book stuff from a black perspective, and it's called um, the Onyx Collective. Con the, it's called OCC, okay. the Onyx Collective. Okay, nice. I I like that a lot because uh, that right. is amazing. Because there are so many. Yo, go ahead, please. The other thing I was going to ask you. So the other one is like um, pretty much just building um, a multimedia platform. Um, YouTube, TikTok, all of that. Um, I want to be I don't even want to say the next Oprah. I want to be the first Michael Jean-Pierre. Right. And when I say that is, I want, I want to be on every single platform right. pushing my, my voice, interviewing celebrities, socialites, politicians, community leaders. And I say those four things because currently that's what's ruining the world. Right. Be very clear. You, want those <laughs> you said that's what's ruining the world. <laughs> that's what's ruining the world, that those yeah. four things. And we, we need to be talking to these people. All have very strong valid points. And that's what I want to do. Um, I would love to have an entertainment tonight one day, like type yeah. situation, yeah. see news, press and all that, the entertainment yeah. and events and stuff. I'm very much so about that. Yes. You know, to me, community is, I, I feel like I'm part of a global community, not just who I love or what my skin tone happens to be. I, right. I'm, I'm a world citizen, so I want to do worldly stuff. Yeah. And you know what's so funny? I like that mentality because that's what got me here. I'm a, I'm a citizen of the world, a global, right. citizen, global right. citizen. And that I love what you're saying because, you know, there is a market for that. Like there is a market for that. Um, I want to ask you in that and in, in, because it's not just like when you said comic books and things like that and creating a safe space it keyed me into the fact that you had been and you work, you're a licensed social worker. You work with, do you work with children as well? I do. See, so do. like, so, so being able to create this space from someone who has been cleared to be protective and be around these children and, and steal in them dreams, hopes, desires, you know, goals, I think is a very beautiful um, ideal, actually. Earlier, I said the world don't change, people change it. Yes. Children are our future. Yes. If we grab them right now while they're young, give mm -hmm. you a child is a living tapestry. Yeah. And if you see them right then and there when they're young, you can turn them into anything that we need them to be. And what we need is more thoughtful, productive, helpful human beings. It's going to yeah. make this world as best as it can be. Yeah, it can get worse, but it can also get better, and I really right. believe that. I really believe that. Right, as do I. Um, even with my work, I do my damnedest to touch everybody. I speak to this first, you know, being black. I speak to this first, but um, I like that my work transcends color, you know, I, because that was my desire. You know, when I first started, I just I wanted it to transcend color, barrier, race, and creed. And I, I was saying in an interview where I was actually being interviewed that I, you know, I have all kinds of people that follow me, bishops, pastors, uh, you know, um, aldermen and, you know, like people in the community, you know, like, so it's just, it's growing. It is what I want it to be. Um, do you find any resistance from the Black community based on the fact that you are alternative? Like when you do what you do, do you find, what I'm asking you is, um, are you supported by the king, by the, I said by the kingdom, isn't that funny? I said by the kingdom. Are you supported by the community? Cause uh, sometimes I, I find that I'm not, like I, black women are a part of the community. Gay men are a part of the community. I find that there, that's where I have my support, but heterosexual women come to me. I, I am one person that I will say is blessed to be able to not put a heterosexual man off. You know, he doesn't want to fight me or things like that. But I, are you basically, um, do you find that the community support that you need? Like if you're doing a project or if you're, you know, doing like, do you find that you have support from the community? I'm going to be very honest with you. Uh -oh. 
I, I don't feel supported by. I'm a part of multiple communities. Okay, uh, um, we all are. Yes, yes. Me being black, I've never really had an issue with other black people having a problem with me. Um, I've never even experienced overt racism before. Right. Like somebody I'm black, so I don't. I'm blessed not have to have the experience. Um, when it comes to my sexuality and being a part of that said community and it cross sex with my um, racial identity, that's been very hard for me. It's been very oppressive. Um, now, wait, before you go on, before you go on, I'm sorry, you said community. I want them to understand what community, uh, what community? Black LGBT. Black LGBT. I just wanted them to, I wanted to clarify. Yeah. No problem. Please continue. It's, it's been really, really hard for me. Um, originally, it was because I was bigger and mm -hmm. um, in the Let's be very real about something, and I'm gonna just keep it at the thousand percent. I know exactly what you get ready to say. They treat big boys like shit. Mm -hmm. That's the best way to say it. They're either you're an eyesore or you don't exist or you're the comic relief. And you're usually the comic relief because you pointed out so much, you know, my fat ass, my big ass, or I'm a big boy coming through, and you yeah. loud, you're cautious, so that kind of masks your size because you're hurt. Your body is not so big. And it's, a, and it's a defense mechanism, and you shouldn't have to be that way. Right. Um, it's, it's been, like I said, it's been times I've had people come to my DMs and say, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. Wow. They're not healthy. God, that's ugly. It's not beautiful. Wow. Notion of everybody wants to feel superior to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And so it goes down like, okay, well, I might be black and gay, but I got a body. So, right. you know, um, I'm better than you who don't have one. And when you look on different sites and stuff, and it says, um, besides saying no fams, it says no fats too. Mm. I've had people tell me like, Mike, you really need, you, if you want a boyfriend or something like that, you know, you want to lose, you want, you got to lose that weight because nobody want a fat ass boyfriend. Or better yet, they try to match their prejudice under the word preference. Now, let me be very clear, child, when I say this. Preference is for chicken or fish. Preference mm -hmm. is for you not put hot sauce on your food or something like that. Preference right. cannot be the case when it comes to human beings and their identity, their bodies and who they are. You have to accept the person wholly. Yeah. Like you have to, and they can't pick and choose a part of their identity. Yeah. Well, okay, I'll prefer this type of man or this type of man. Okay, you can, but are you discriminating against him because of that? If he comes for a job, are you saying, he's not somebody I would want to sleep with, so I'm not going to put him in this project. Mm. He's not somebody that um, I feel like all my friends look this type of way and he looks that type of way. So I'm not going to do that. If you are openly or passionately discriminating against somebody based on their appearance, y'all, that's a problem. And that's what I've had to deal with. And I have so many men, and by the hundreds, have come into my DMs and say, you know, thank you for speaking up and talking about like how in our community, if you're not a body boy, or if you're not like a pretty boy or something like that, they're not trying to give you an opportunity. I have seen, and I witnessed it to this very day, just yesterday, so many boys of bigger size still being overlooked simply because of their size. And, and if they're trying to be the funny man, if they're trying to be the businessman, they're being backstabbed, the stabbed left and right, or people are trying to use them for their position. I'm not going to sleep with you, but you got this position. So, you know, I'm going to try to get around. It's, it's, it's a terrible, it's a terrible thing. And that's yeah. something, that's the, primary thing I've faced from being, being part of the Black LGBT community. It's been an oppression in that form or with, you know, this competitive culture that's in the, that we have. Like, it's so much stage. Yeah. It's so much stage. Like, I'm not trying to take anything away from you. Right. Why are you trying to take things away from me? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. if me and you have a personal disagreement, understand it's something that you've done that's made me act this way. I will try and talk to you about it first and then i'll try to leave it alone and if you continue to push it then it'll be a war problem but i see that people go to war first rather than talk right and, and that's just an, and that's just it's just an issue i, I don't like that like i'm not going to be a part of a situation where i'm constantly having to defend myself or having to offend somebody for for defending myself i I'm, I'm, i don't want to do that i've kind of done that in the past yeah. Uh, with people having these old wars now it's like I'm just not going to show up Yeah, I would like to be more supported because I feel like as a black bisexual man and that's another thing um, yeah. 
gay people want you to either be straight or gay. It's no room for you to be in between. Right. I'm like, both. Yeah. I've always been both. My yeah. last relationship was actually with a woman. Right. It was the longest in a relationship. I like both. You're not going to tell me that, oh, I'm just confused. No, I know who I am. Right. Right. It's so much creativity. It's so much power inside of Black LGBT people. I want to tell you right. how. Right. If we could stand together, nothing we can do. But in particular situations in places and cities, and especially you know in Atlanta, where I'm a native from, um, it's just created a situation where standing together is quite impossible now. Mm-hmm. As I heard, blood has been shed. Um, spirits of offense and romance have destroyed what could have been wonderful situations and friendships. Right. You know. Right. It's a culture of frenemies, and I and I, I just don't get it. Like my thing is, I'm I'm kind of sad because you know I had the I had the experience. We talked about this. I grew up in the projects, and I was given the opportunity because of my grandmother and her degrees to move to the suburbs, and that was the safest place I've ever lived to grow and mature. Though there were a lot of things that were negative going on in the home, but um, it just it bothers me. And I always say this, and I'm going to say it here and I don't care who likes, who doesn't like it. I was talking to my grandmother about it this morning. Like it's difficult being around a group of people whose parents planned for them, wanted them, tried for them. And not only did it, once they conceived and had you, it didn't stop there. They then started to stockpile resources so that you could A, have a college education, B, get on with your life, C, buy your first home. And Mm. unfortunately in the black community, we don't get that. We're told that when we make it, we're supposed to buy our mothers a home. We're supposed to take care of our families. And, you know, my family, like, you know, just my, my journey as a celebrity is, has been crazy because it was always, and I know this is a segue, but I have a reason, um, turn around and it was always, oh, well, he doesn't have a real job because he's not making money up front. And, and the whole thing, as I was talking to my grandmother in the car about it, the, the whole thing is I'm making money the way the rest of the world, let's say it, the way the Caucasian side of the world is making money because they don't they don't expect instant gratification. They go to school four right. years, eight years. They're not like they're not making money from their degrees right then. Then they come out and they start to earn. And they have this thing where all of their loans are paid off by 40. So then they really start to live their best life, you know? And yep. it's just it's just so difficult. I, like, I, I don't know why this keeps coming up in my interviews, but it just keeps coming up. So I have to just keep saying it. I'm disheartened with my own people because we can't keep screaming that we want reparations and help and this and that, but we make poor decisions. We make poor choices. The same birth control that is available to a Caucasian woman is available to a Black woman. Why have children? at a time in your life when you have not become what you need to become so that you can hold those children down. I agree because, with you. Yes, because my thing is this, then it wouldn't matter if we were gay or straight because our mamas and daddies would have had us. We would have been at, like, as soon as there was a problem, off to boarding school, off to college, off to, the, off to that, but we stayed and endured a lot of pressure that we did not have to endure had there been provision. So that, that's something that I just threw in the interview. It wasn't something pertaining to you, but it does go with my next um, question is that I know for me, you know, people always say, now, now they don't ask any other race these, these question, this question, but um, Black people always ask this question and, and it annoys me. What are you doing to give back to your community? And what I is- hate that question. No, that's not even your question. That's the question that is asked. What are you doing to give back to your community? And it's like, I hate that question. I loathe that question because it's like, I'm not supposed to give you my whole life. But I have, like, this is the thing. As a Black, effeminate, transvestite, gay man, I am giving back to my community by showing the community 
that no matter any sort of prejudice or racism, I can still exist in this world and make a damn good living. Me getting back to my community doesn't even stop there. I make countless inspiration videos for everyone. And it's yeah. just like, you know, it's just like, it's, it's, it's very sad and disheartening that the Black community, see the Black community, they scream they want help, but then they want to tell you how you should help them. It's not, oh, well, you know, they don't give you, they don't trust you to see their need, you know, to Ooh. see their need. I know, I'm sorry, I'm trying not to shade, but, um, but you know, like they, they don't, they don't, they don't trust you to see their need and meet their need. It's no, if it's not this, I got, no, I don't, I don't do any of that. No, I, I don't like him, but he can, but he can try, he can break me off this. He can break, and it's like, no, let me teach you how to be yourself and become a successful global brand. You don't have, and that's the thing, you said it. There's plenty of stage. You don't have to put on a wig and a dress. You don't have to wear pearls in your ears and on your neck and wigs. You don't have to wear makeup. You don't have to do that, but you can be you and still, I can still instruct you since I'm successful on how to be successful. But no, nah, I'm good. You know, you get that. No, nah, I'm good. And it's just, it's not, it's disheartening, but it also, causes a disconnect because I don't have the time to care. So my next question to you, and it'll be one of my final, yes, yeah, about 45 minutes. It'll be one of my final questions. This is one of two. So my, this question to you, what the one of two is, um, do you find that you go over better with a more progressive, more Caucasian, um, part of society? Do you find that your journalism work is um, appreciated more and that there's, you know, there's a reason why I'm saying this, less drama with the paycheck, less drama with, you know, like, do you find that there's more um, uniformity when you work outside of your community? Because I have to go outside of my community to make money. My community is killing me. I'm not making a dime from them. So I just, I'm asking because you are creative as well. Do you have to leave your community as well to make a dollar? Absolutely. Absolutely. See, I knew. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Most of the money I, that I made, because I do make money to stuff. Yeah. I would say 90% of it actually yeah. comes from outside of the community. See? Whether they're LGBT or Black, it comes from outside. Um, and it's something because of the fact of the matter is, uh, I mean, I, I believe people be paid for their work. Mm -hmm. You cannot get somebody up and saying, okay, well, this is gonna just gonna give you exposure. So that, exactly. Okay, the only way you continue with exposure is if you establish a situation where people right. actually go to right. for exposure, for, if you're an entertainment right. if you're an extra, if you're an own network or ABC, NBC, Fox, but right. if you just, I, I can't do anything with that. That yeah. exposure doesn't feed me. That right. isn't gonna draw people to me, which is gonna right. people make, reach out to me to give me opportunities that are gonna be paid opportunities. Right. So a lot of different people reach out to me. Hey, Mike, um, we work for this publication. Can you write for this? Or would you be willing to ghost write for that? Yeah. Okay. Well, this is my rates. So much this. They don't give me a problem about it. But a lot of times, if I do try to work inside the community, oh well, that's pretty steep. Or no, this is not steep. This is the industry standard. And yeah. if you can't pay. I mean, I understand. Yeah. Um, maybe you can go somewhere else. You know what I yeah. mean? But I'm not going to my rates or my value. You know, something for you because I have to eat too. Yeah. My, and the crazy my, thing is they want the best. They want the best. Right. But they don't want to pay for it. Right. But they don't, but they don't want to pay for it. So I do have to go outside the community. Um, and I, I, I mean, I, I mean, I hate that. But in, even with my work or whatnot, um, a lot of times it's appreciated more outside of communities. They're like, oh, I read such and such. I love how you did this. I love your points about such and such. Instead of like when I'm inside the community, people will read a tagline that I wrote about um, a reality show or celebrity news or celebrity gossip. And they'll say, oh, well, you're not really a journalist because this is right about that. No, no, no. You picked one story that caught your eye because you were interested in and right. tried to say I'm not a journalist. Catch this. I'm still a journalist and that's called yellow journalism. If you're yeah. going to judge my career, judge me by everything that I've done. Not by one tagline on one story that you saw somewhere or heard from somebody else who doesn't particularly like me because they don't know why. All they know is they see me doing stuff and they can't do it. And it's a king problem for them. Yes, I'm glad you said that. You hate me because they hate me. You inherit your friend's enemies 
And Damn. I happen to be one of them. You could say that again. You inherit your friend's enemies. I like that. Wow. Yeah. I stop. I, that's poisonous. That's yeah. willingly allowing your friend to inject poison in your veins. I stopped that. Yeah. You have a problem with my friend? Okay, that's a problem with them. It doesn't mean that me, you and I are necessarily going to fellowship. It means that what I'm going to do, instead of completely writing you off when you walk up to me and say, hey, have you and my friends such and such sat down and had a conversation? Because yeah. I'm big on loyalty. I yeah. don't feel comfortable doing such and such with you until that's fixed. Once yeah. that's fixed, we'll be great. I don't have a problem with you. That's how you handle that as opposed to, oh, I don't like her. Why? Oh, she said such and such, such and such. She didn't say it to you. She don't know you. Right. But the mentality that, that pervades like work communities and professional communities, like the personal and professional are so mixed that it's just, uh. And I made, I've made mistakes about that in the past. So it's at a point now where like, I know a lot of times the Easter race said reach across the table. That's very tricky because sometimes yeah. reaching across the table can still get burned. And that even hurts worse because that's more personal. Yeah. This is usually a, member, a family member, a friend or something that you can reach across. I mean, I encourage people who have those villages of love. I witnessed that this weekend with my friend Cardo. Yeah. He has a series of Brotherland that I really want people to check out. But right. he has a love family of people he was able to reach out to to accomplish everything that he needs to do. I can't say that. Wow. I it's can't say come. that. But Michael, it's going to come. Oh, it's, it's definitely going to come because... I'm removing that circle of frenemies that I have yeah. completely. It's being a smaller, smaller part of the year. And yeah. I'm going to have real, loving friends, community connections. I'm reevaluating everything. I'm upgrading the software in my life. Yeah. So I want to I, I want to do one, I want to do one thing before we go. I want you to tell me about Brotherland. Like where can we find it? Okay, so the Brotherland series, that's actually about my friend Carl Wanzer. I want you guys really to check that out. You can find that on YouTube coming up this Friday after Thanksgiving. It's dropping on his YouTube channel um, under the Writer's Block Production. Or just type in Carl Wanzer. Okay. All right. So. I'll, I'm going to put all that stuff in the, in the comment section. Yeah. Um, and then tell us where we can find you if somebody wants to book you and have you write or do film. Or... Yeah. Finding me is very easy. I'm the same across all social media platforms. Um, that's at Michael Jomier, okay? Yes. And my website is coming up. It'll be www.michaeljomier.com. Yes. You guys can add the URL inside of there now, and you'll see, you know, a lot of my work up there, but I'm still switching stuff around. It's under development. Right. And my series 101 with Michael Jomier will be returning the first week of December. I wanted to make sure I rebooted everything had it together because um, YouTube is where it's going to be up primarily from now on. Uh, right. IG's live. It's, she ain't trustworthy. Yeah, so. she's not trustworthy. She, you'll do a whole thing. I, I had to come over here to Zoom because she'll yeah. do a whole thing and she'll click you off. No, yeah. so I just want to say thank you, Michael, for doing this so impromptu and last minute. Oh, thank you. But well, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for being a good friend. Thank you for the love and support. My it's always going to be there between me absolutely, and you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, part of what you're doing is God's work. Um, people are going to try to say, well, how she's dressed and how she looks is right. not such and such. Uh, but, but, but is it transforming lives? And the better yeah. question is, how are you? How yeah. are you? And the answer is, no, shut the hell up. Finally, because <laughs> <laughs> there's work to be done. Oh my God. So say bye. Thank you so much for ha for being here. Bye everyone. We're going to stop recording now. <laughs> so did you enjoy? I hope you did. Please like, comment, subscribe, share, and don't forget to cash at me at the Queen of Shade. I am your favorite content creator, right? Right. You want to see more of this content, right? Right. Cash at me. I love you. Mwah. I've got my black stilettos on, don't you make me take them off I'm assuming her position, gonna show you I'm a boss I've been given 60 seconds just to put my things down I'll have you wanting my stilettos by the time I turn around